Merry Christmas, everybody. We are so glad that you're here with us today. Welcome to Saddleback Church. I want to invite you to turn to your neighbor right now and just say Merry Christmas to them. In fact, if you're joining us online, why don't you turn to somebody in your living room and say Merry Christmas. Today is a great day. And as you're doing that, why don't you lock eyes with them and look deep into those eyes. You're going to see very clearly who the parents are that stayed up to 2 a.m. putting together kids' gifts. Maybe you've done that before. Uh, it took us a few years to wise up. Stacy would tell you, I didn't stay up to 2 a.m. very much putting together kids' gifts. Uh, but now with two teenagers, we don't buy gifts that require so much assembly anymore. Now, some of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we love Christmas morning. We love Christmas surprises. Uh, and I want to do a little survey with you. Uh, I want you to raise your hand. If you're the kind of person that you love surprises, just raise your hand up high and let everybody know you're the kind of person you, you love surprise gifts, you love surprise parties, you, you like surprises. Now, there are others of us that we don't like surprises quite as much. And if that's you, why don't you raise your hand up high and just let everybody know you're the kind of person you don't like surprises. And maybe some of you spouses or parents you're learning for the first time, your spouse or your kid or your roommate, they, they don't like surprises very much. Now, I don't like surprises because I like to know. Like, I, I like to know something's coming. I actually like to know how I'm supposed to respond in a moment. So this tends to be, for me, I end up being a little bit nosy and trying to figure out surprises before they happen. Stacy would tell you she doesn't try to surprise me very much anymore because I discover the prize in advance. And this began for me as a very young kid. I have a memory that my mom will often remind me of on Christmas morning. So this was back in the day when Nintendo Game Boy was a big deal. And I wanted a Nintendo Game Boy so bad as a kid this Christmas. And I was probably seven or eight years old at the time. And I remember being so excited about the possibility of getting a Nintendo Game Boy. I went to Santa Claus, I sat on his lap, I asked for the Game Boy, I prayed for a Game Boy. And on this particular Christmas, I went to sleep and like 2 a.m., uh, I woke up to, to, to see, like, has Santa Claus already come? Well, you know, Santa Claus had already come. I walked out into the living room and there was this massive stack of Christmas presents and Santa Claus had delivered once again. And so I walked over to the Christmas presents and I started shaking them. Like, you ever done the shake test where you shake it and you're trying to figure out what's inside? And so I opened one gift. It wasn't the Nintendo Game Boy, and I, I kept going. I got a second gift. I you know, shake, shook it and opened it. And I kept going until finally, after like nine or ten presents, I found the Nintendo Game Boy. I was so thrilled. Actually, in the process, I found that my mom had uh, gotten me some, some pajamas. I put those pajamas on. I started playing the Nintendo Game Boy. And I just sat down on the couch with my new Game Boy and had myself a merry old Christmas and was playing the Game Boy a few hours, batteries run out, and I just fell asleep right there on the couch. And my mom, the next morning, came out to discover that I had completely ruined Christmas. I had opened all the presents, I had taken away all the surprises, and still to this day, it's, it's a little bit of a sore subject with my mom. Now, I've apologized many times, repented in sackcloth and ashes and asked for her forgiveness. Uh, but maybe for you today, you, you like surprises or maybe you don't like surprises. But you know, God is a God of surprise. He likes to surprise us. Now, God's surprises are always good surprises. 
And on this Christmas day, one of the surprises that God wants to give to you is the surprise of joy. In fact, in the very first Christmas account, the year, the moment that Jesus was born was a day of great joy. That was one of the words that God used to describe the first Christmas. And I want to read that story to you today found in Luke chapter 2. And many historians believe that this account of the birth of Jesus is from Mary's perspective. So she would have been the one that gathered all these details and told them to Luke or some, somebody that would pass them on to Luke as he wrote this account. This is Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Now, I want you to imagine this for just a moment. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of shepherds today in the 21st century but shepherds were a very big deal in the first century, and shepherds were a very big deal to God. In fact, God would describe himself in many instances as a shepherd. And here are these shepherds, they're out in the fields, they're, they're doing what shepherds do, they're shepping or they're shepherding, whatever you would call that verb, and they're there in the middle of the night. Now, think about this just for a second, because when it comes to watching sheep, uh, if you've ever tried to watch sheep, sheep are like really boring animals to, to stare at. In fact, don't we even have a statement like if you're trying to fall asleep, count sheep? So here are these shepherds doing their thing. It's the middle of the night. They're, they're watching their sheep. They're counting their sheep. It's, the, it's like, you know, that, that moment where all of us, we, we probably would tend to fall asleep at like 2 a.m. And they're in the monotony of their duties. They're in the middle of the darkness there and watching over these sheep. It says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And just imagine what that would have been like. I kind of think of almost like the heavens being rolled back in the darkness. This, this light breaks through and one angel shows up. And when the angel shows up, it says the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And he declares with this statement that the message of Jesus, this good news that he is coming with is good news of great joy for all people, for all nations, for all tribes, that God wanted to give this surprise, this gift. And it's interesting too, that he needed to let them know, like, don't be afraid. Because if you're there and you're watching sheep in the middle of the night, in the midst of the darkness and an angel shows up and there's this bright light, I'm sure you, as I would, you'd be surprised. And he wanted them to know that this, this was a good surprise that was coming. The angel reassured them and he said this, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Now notice there are three words used to describe the birth of Jesus, who he was and who he is the Savior, the Messiah, and the Lord. He's here today. And I love that word. It says he has been born today. He's present. He's with us. God with us in human flesh. And that word that says he was born is so important for us to capture that God became one of us. He was born as a human being on this very first Christmas day. And he said, the angel said this, and you will recognize him, baby Jesus, by this sign, you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. So when you go to this town, Bethlehem, you'll see this little baby boy, and the sign will be that he'll be there, snugly in cloths, 
lying in a manger. Now, suddenly, so one more surprise, verse 13, it says, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Now, I want you to imagine this for just a moment because you have two people or two characters. You have these angels and then you have these shepherds and both of them are intentionally in the story. God purposed them to be there for a reason. God wanted the angels to be there to proclaim these angelic eternal beings that God has created, these glory, like majestic beings announcing the coming of the Messiah, announcing that God is here. But then these ordinary shepherds, these people that literally are at the bottom rung of society, God chooses to reveal himself, almost showing us that the message of Jesus is for all of us. It's for ordinary people. It's for broken people. It's for those who are overlooked by the rest of society. Here, this good news of great joy is coming. And it says, when the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary, she kept these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds, they went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Now, I want you to look at that word for just a moment, that they were glorifying God for all that they had heard and seen. Their ears were open, their eyes were tuned to see what God had placed in front of them. It was the middle of the night when everybody else was asleep, but these shepherds were awake. And there's so so much beauty in this, that sometimes God is wanting to bring surprises into our lives. God is wanting to bring good things into our lives, but we can miss them because our eyes are closed, our ears are shut. And in this moment, this good news of great joy that God brought to the shepherds, this same truth, this same good news of great joy is available to us this Christmas. You know, I think about this phrase that often we use this in our family, that there are kisses from God. There are these divine moments that God is planting along in our lives to show us his goodness. The psalmist says in Psalm 23, 6, that God's goodness and his mercy is following us all the days of our life. And sometimes that goodness and mercy is missed by us and our lives because of our busyness, because of our eyes not being open. I had a moment like this where I realized the goodness of God in a kind of a surprising way. So my birthday, uh, one of the things that uh, my birthday I was kind of looking forward to was this event where I'd be a part of a worship experience here at Saddleback Church. And some things happened and I ended up not being able to be a part of that. And I was was a little disappointed on my birthday that I missed this worship event. But on my daughter's birthday on November 2nd, um, I got a message from a friend of mine who had this huge concert packed out with people, like a 20,000 person concert. It's actually Elevation Worship, one of my favorite worship bands. And so we got invited by my friend to to come to this concert. And it just so worked out that that concert ended up being on my daughter's birthday. And my daughter loves Elevation Worship. She loves worship in general, but she loves Elevation Worship. 
And when I was driving to this Elevation Worship com- concert, it struck me the, the grace and the kindness of God, like how he took that, that little disappointment in my heart, not a big disappointment, but he replaced it with this, this, little, this huge gift, like I wanted to bless you. And the joy that I experienced watching my daughter in that moment, it was so tender and personal from God. It was like this joy. It was a surprise joy from God. And I want you to know that that God that showed up in Bethlehem, the same God that is giving gifts to our lives, the same God that gave that gift into my life in that unique moment is wanting to bless you. Good news of great joy for all people. Now, why was it called good news of great joy for all people? Now, I have four little truths that I want to share with you about Christmas and the joy of Christmas and the reason why you and I can experience joy the same way the shepherds did at the first Christmas. And the first one of these is that I can receive God's forgiveness from my past. Notice how when the angels showed up, one of the words that they used to describe Jesus is that he was and is a savior. Jesus, God in human flesh, came to bring salvation. He came to bring salvation from our sins. In fact, in Isaiah 53, 6, notice the integration of the concept of sheep. It says this, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. That was a prophecy about this baby Jesus that was coming, that all of our sins would be laid upon him, that he would go to a cross. He would be beaten and whipped for our sins so that we could be forgiven. And in this moment where God shows up to the shepherds, it's almost like God is giving a hat tip to the shepherds because he's a shepherd and he understands like his people are like sheep. You and I, we all have a tendency to go our own way. But Christmas is a message of salvation. It's that God has come to make a way. So whatever it is that you carried today to this service or to this message as you're listening, whatever regret it is that you have from this past year, whatever thing it is from your past that you hope nobody else discovers, God sees it all and God's made a way. So Christmas is the good news that that can be wiped clean, that can be forgiven by the grace and the mercy of God, as you bring it to God today, your slate can be wiped clean. And there's a great joy. You ever you ever have that moment where like, at the end of the day, maybe like on Christmas, this happens to me sometimes. I like, oh, I just ate way too much food. I just, they're, they're, I'm, I, I regret eating like a, another one of my wife's gingerbread men. Sometimes on Christmas, I'll have like 15 gingerbread men. And you just like, you feel so heavy. And then maybe that next morning you wake up and you feel a little bit lighter and it's like, okay, that's in my past. Well, Christmas is really a reminder. The good news of Christmas is the reminder that the heaviness, the weight of our sin is, is wiped away. That when I turn to Jesus, my past is made clean. That you can stand before God, holy and righteous, white as snow, because of who Jesus is and because of what he's done. So there's a joy that comes with that, that your life is not defined by your past. Your life can be defined by the grace and the mercy of God. Good news of great joy for all people. The second one is that I can enjoy his presence today. The message of Christmas is a message that God came to be with us. Matthew 1.23 says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with 
us. So the message of Christmas is that God is is with us. Now today, when we think about who we're going to be with at Christmas, maybe some of you have a little bit of concern because you're going to be around your drunk uncle again this Christmas, or maybe even there's some sadness in your life over somebody that you're not with. Maybe some of you, you're, you're single, and this is another holiday that reminds you who you're not with. But today, can I say to you from the bottom of my heart, the the greatest news of all is that this holiday, you can do life with God, that he wants to be with you this Christmas season in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your joy, he's there. And Christmas is that God, God is so different. He's so different than any other religion. Jesus gives us a message that God wanted to do life with us. God cared so much about you that he came down from heaven, Emmanuel, God with us. So this good news of great joy is that God is, he's here. He's with us this Christmas. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that is in our midst, you can do life with God today. That's good news of great joy for you and for me. The third reason that this is good news of great joy is that we can have hope for our future. So I can have his hope for my future. I can receive God's forgiveness for my past. I can enjoy his presence today and I can have his hope for my future. Isaiah 9-2, another prophecy about Jesus says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. I don't think it's any mistake that God showed up in the midst of the darkness in this night watch for these shepherds to shine a light in the midst of their darkest moments. You know, God has a way of shining light into the darkness. The psalmist says that to him, even the darkness is light because he is light. So wherever God goes, there's light. And that light shines hope into the darkness. So whatever darkness it is that you're carrying around today, whatever moment of your life that feels like you you just can't get out of this this circle of emptiness and brokenness, that there is light that God wants to shine into your life for your future. That today you can have hope because God is with you, because God is near you, because God is for you. You can have hope as you look to your future. Now, some of us, if we're honest with ourselves, as we turn the page from another last year to another year, and we look ahead to 2023, there, there's a there's a grief and there's an emptiness and there's a sorrow that we feel. And maybe even a sense of like, is this just going to be like last year? Is this going to be another year with the same pain that I experienced last year? And the hope that God wants to to give to you is, yeah, it, it might be dark. It may be another trying year. We don't have a promise from God that there won't be struggle, that there won't be loss, that there won't be emptiness, maybe that we even experience in our circumstances or brokenness. But the hope that we can have is that this little baby Jesus that was born would go to a cross, but not only would he be placed on a cross, he would overcome the grave. He would come back from death to life. And God gives the ability for us in the midst of our darkness to have hope because the tomb is empty. I love Pastor Rick's uh, comment. Pastor Rick Warren made this comment. He said, you know, sometimes when it comes to the promises of God, we can get frustrated and discouraged because we think, well, God hasn't met his promises in my life. But we have to understand that God has all eternity to meet all of his promises in our lives. And so today you can have hope 
that if you are in Jesus, if you yield your life to him, that you will do life with him for all eternity, that you'll spend eternity with him in heaven and that hope can shine into your darkness. That light can give you a sense of strength in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through today. And finally, the, the fourth one that I wanna share is that I today can experience his power for his higher purpose. I want us to notice the shepherds in Luke 2.17. It says, when they had seen Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. There was so much joy in their hearts. It was almost like they were saying that this is, this is too good not to share with other people. Like we, we've seen the Messiah. There's a joy about it. We want everybody to know that he's come. So they went out and actually they were the first evangelists. They were the first one to spread the good news of Jesus. Isn't that interesting to think about the, the people that God would choose to be the first ones to share his good news? So no matter what it is that you're coming from, no matter what it is that God's bringing you through, you may feel unworthy. But there's a joy to, today to know that God can use you. I feel like this a lot. I feel like, man, why did God choose me for the role he chose me for in his kingdom? There's so many other people that God could have chose to do this assignment to be in this role here at Saddleback Church for this season. Yet God can use anybody. If God can use shepherds, he can use me. If God can use shepherds, he can use you to proclaim his word. And there's joy in that, to know that my being used by God is not a, is not a matter of my perfection. It's not a matter of me having it all together. It's simply me encountering the living God and being changed by that message and being a conduit of that message to the lives of others. And perhaps for some of you today, you're, you're going to go different places today. You're going to go different places even next year. And there are people that you're going to encounter that God has, God has a purpose for you to be in their lives. God wants to use you to bring his good news of great joy to those around you. There are people in your life that God wants to use you to listen to them this Christmas season. There are people in your life that God wants to use you to bring them to church next year. There are people in your life that God wants to use you to let them know what we've just talked about, that their past doesn't have to define them, that God wants to do life with them, that because of the empty tomb, they can have hope. And I wanna encourage you today to, to be eyes open to that higher purpose that God would have for your life, that he has good news of great joy that he wants to bring through your life. Now, let's review this together. I can receive God's forgiveness for my past. I can enjoy his presence today. I can have his hope for my future. And I can experience his power for his higher purpose in my life. Now, as we wrap up our time together today, I, I do want to remind you, I'm not really big on surprises. Um, I've, I've loved all the surprise gifts that Saddleback people have, like cookies and pies and all that. That's, that's been awesome. I've learned here at Saddleback the love language of Saddleback is sugar, is it not? We love sugar, we love sweets, which is awesome. That's great. I'm not talking about that. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad for giving me pies and I've enjoyed all that. And you might even see it in some of them. That's why I'm wearing some of these looser clothes this Christmas season. But um, I, I do actually, while I don't so much like surprises because I figure them out and it, I'm just trying to like, you know, I'm just nosy. I actually do like giving surprises. And um, one of my favorite surprises in my life is 
at Christmas two years ago, my kids forever had wanted a dog. And they had asked and begged, and I was like so militant. I am not getting a dog. Everybody that I knew that had a dog complained about their dog. They it cost money. They smell. That first few months is just painful. It's it's not a good experience. Well, I made a decision in 2020 after being around some of my friends who had dog. COVID just put the pressure on me. Everybody's getting a COVID puppy. And I was like, I'm going to break. I got a COVID puppy. And we named that dog Mercy. I want to show you. We're going to put a picture in here for you to see our dog. And she's the joy of our lives. And we surprised our kids that Christmas. There was so much joy and delight in that to give a puppy to our kids for Christmas. And I just want you to know today, this Christmas, I have a puppy for everybody. So uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. There's a puppy for you. So look around. Here comes the puppies. Just kidding, just kidding. There are some parents in that moment that wanted to kill me. and just. Uh, but I do wish I could give you a puppy. I don't have a puppy for you. That was just a joke, bad joke, sorry. But what I do have is good news of great joy for all people. And it's way better than a puppy this Christmas. And that good news is that you can live a life that's not defined by your past. You can live a life with God and you can have hope for your future and you can live for his higher purpose. That's good news of great joy. And that's worth celebrating. So today at all of our campuses, can we celebrate that good news of great joy that God loves us and he came to do life with us? So I wanna pray for you and ask that today you would be able to experience this great joy, Christmas day, good news of great joy for all people. God, thank you for Saddleback Church, for our family, for how much you love us. Thank you that you care about everybody that's listening to my voice today so much. And I pray for those who are listening who have never experienced this good news of great joy. In fact, maybe as we're pausing right now this moment before we wrap up, of those four things that you can, you can be free from your past. You can do life with God. You can have hope for your future. And you can live for his higher purposes. Which of those four do you need today? Which of those four do you need to receive today? And for some of you today, it's to receive that gift of salvation into your heart. I want to invite you right now as we're praying to respond and just say, God, I need your forgiveness for my past. Thank you, Jesus, for coming from heaven to earth to make a way so that I can be saved. Thank you for conquering the grave. I yield my life to you in this moment. I give you, I surrender all that I am. Others of you, maybe today, it's that you need God's presence. And would you just tell him, I want your presence in my life. I need you in my life. Others of you, maybe for some of you today, it's like, I need that purpose. I need that hope. And just ask him, God, give me hope for my future. God, help me to live for your higher purpose. Thank you, God, that all these things can be true for every one of us this Christmas, that we can have good news of great joy and it's for all people. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody.